G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. You're listening to Real Faith, conversations with real people about how God works in their lives. If you want to know more about integrating faith into your life, our website is realfaith.org.au. Just go to the website and you'll find helpful articles about the impact faith can have on your life. Once again, that's realfaith.org.au. Welcome back to Real Faith. I'm Eric Scadabo. And once again, our guests are Aussie Christian rockers, David and Rosanna Palmer from Rosanna's Raiders. We've been hearing their story. Next, we're going to hear some of their music and the impact their ministry has had on the lives of many people. We went to England and had a really successful mission over there. We went to Derby and played at many schools, uh, like a, a couple each day, and we would do an outreach at night. So we, we would go into the school during the day, play music, and say, come along tonight to this outreach. Mm. And people were just giving their lives to Jesus. It was so successful. It was wonderful. And you were able to make a living. Yeah, again, we, we just had to learn how to live by faith. You know, sometimes I would go and do library shelves or help my brother-in-law shift furniture, but mostly... God provided there would be some outreach concerts, I guess, that paid something. I, I really don't know. I didn't take that much notice, actually, of all the money <laughs> side of it. I just know if someone rang me to come and do a job, you know, physical labor, I'd do it. I was actually doing a lot more study in the garage than we were concentrating on yeah. music. Yeah, let's talk about that. I can't explain it, but I just had an appetite for it, you know. And we by then, of course, we had the house full of band members, then street kids. And so there was no room to study in the house. It was all full. So I just put the cars out of the garage and set up a desk out there and went for it. And the the sound guy, he went into the bookshop and he bought himself a concordance and a commentary. Then when he got them home, he had a good look at them and he didn't have a clue what to do with it, so (laughs) he gave them to me. So I now had a concordance, a commentary. Someone bought me an interlinear Greek Bible. So I just went out there and learned and prayed and studied. Just self-study, just Mm. self-taught. Yeah, well, I knew how to study. I'd been through university, so that wasn't a problem. But we were doing outreaches all the time, and then we found out about reaching the street kids in St Kilda, so we were going down there on some some nights, just hanging around the streets, talking to street kids, Mm. until eventually one of the street kids, which was supposed to be in prison, escaped so many times I gave up trying to hold her in, and they let her come live at our house. So we had this street kid. Now, look, this is the thing, right? Rosanna and I are farm kids from the country, In our own natural self, we knew nothing about street life or street kids or anything like that. As we said, we never touched drugs, Mm -hmm. never took alcohol, didn't smoke cigarettes, didn't get any tattoos, nothing, never wore an earring, nothing. And how we've got street kids in our house, we didn't have a clue what to do with them, but pray for them and love them. And that was also where I got a lot of inspiration for writing songs because I thought, how do we reach these people? How do we let them know about the love of God? And I remember saying to one of the girls, you know, God loves you, and she cringed. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this is not relating. And 
you know, obviously um, we weren't weren't connecting on that level and yeah. her father was in prison because having abused her. So I thought, no, there's God, you've got to show me how to write songs that really connect. So I started writing songs like You Are Special, I Believe in You, and just some of those concepts about God's love. And that really began to connect, and that's where a lot of the inspiration for the songs came that we were doing at the time. And then, after a while, besides just doing the rock music that you were doing, the Christian rock music at that time, you also branched into praise music. Mm. How did that come about? When we first got saved, one of the things that our brother-in-law did was establish us in a church. So we started going to church and loved it, and not only went to the church we were part of, who which just had a morning service, but we also went to another local church because they had a night service, and they were very, you know, they had Mel Fletcher there who was leading Youth Alive, and it was very vibrant, and so we would go there at night. And so we thought, after a while, we thought, oh, you know, we realized we could actually write praise songs, and we began to do praise music as well. church we started to go to was called Truth and Liberation Concern. They didn't have very exciting music at the time. They had some very good musicians there. And they gave us one or two opportunities to do music in church. But then, I, again, I don't know where this came from. This idea dropped into my mind and the sound guy was with me on this and we decided we wanted to put on a big praise spectacular. We kind of got this idea. We were at a home group one night. We are all praying. We got all this idea, wrote down a list of songs. And we went to see the pastor and he said, we've got a vision to do a praise and celebration night. And he said, yes. So we had about 10 singers, I think, and a big row of musicians and the sound guy did sound. And we did this big praise night and we had no idea what it was like because there was a row of, you know, concert lights in front of us shining in our face. And, and we started to do this really contemporary version of Arise, Shine, you know, mm-hmm. for the light has come. And the people began spontaneously to do like a Jericho march around the building. And as they came past, I could see them then just because, you know, they came in close enough to see. I couldn't a see. A Jericho people. march. They just got together, marched all <laughs> oh, okay. around the building. Just okay. marching okay. around. <laughs> and I could see that there were hundreds of people present. We don't know who they were, where they came from. Absolutely amazing it was. And he recorded and put it out as a cassette. And sadly, it was before we knew anything about copyright. <laughs> we just didn't know about that. Yeah. So this cassette. It was just called a you know a praise and celebration night with all these people singing and us playing and me leading and exhorting the people in between the songs and you know really yeah, doing a yeah. I don't know we hadn't there was no role models for that then we just were doing it and this cassette went everywhere and people were telling us how they were playing it in hospital rooms and they said oh when it comes to you talking we always fast forward that part <laughs> <laughs> they loved the music 
And, you know, it just came out of an idea that popped yeah. into our head in a hunger. That's fantastic. You were able to lead so many people to the Lord. Yeah, and what happened was I was driving the truck in those days, you know, and God began to speak to me. Well, the devil spoke to me first. He said, they didn't really get saved, he said. Then he came and said the prayer and come over the front because they liked the music. And I said to God, I said, God, is that true? And he said, the reason they came to the concert was because they liked the music. But the reason they heard the gospel was because they liked the music. But the reason they got saved is because the gospel is the power of God. Mm. That's what changed their life. And then he said to me, Dave, where are they going to go to church? And I said, oh, well, the local Uniting Church, the local Anglican Church, I don't know, wherever they you know, could want to go. Yeah. And he just said to me, Dave, really? He said, you know as well as I do they're not going to fit in there. And then he said to me, you start a church. And I said, started church what do i know about starting a church i'm a musician and there was no ever negotiation from god that's all he said we spoke to our pastor at the time and he thought it was a good idea so we decided we'll start a church in st kilda and that's where we had met all the street kids and that's where we used to go to talk to street kids so we thought that's the place for us and i spent six weeks then praying about this church plant and my prayer was this but god i've got nothing to offer <laughs> nothing to offer. When you had to do music, I knew how to preach a bit, but I didn't have a clue how to run a church. And, you know, God didn't answer ever anything about that prayer. And now looking back on it 30 years later, because that was 1988, 30 years later I look back on it and I go, man, my prayer proved I was qualified because I couldn't offer myself. I could only offer Jesus. Hmm. So that was our qualification. So we started a church. And 44 people came the first week. And when it finished, I was so excited. But the devil spoke to me and said, well, there won't be anybody next week. And I had to fight that same thought for about three years every Sunday. But we went on and we got the church going. Then we started a, an outreach church in there or a campus at Sunshine and one at Chelsea. And we kept going at that. Did you have to stop being a band or did you do them both? We did them both the best we could. We, we did them both, but the, the band did slow down for, for some time and we focused on church life for many years, always doing, always doing music because we always had, um, always involved in church music and doing some outreaches, but it did slow down a lot and we've, we've come back to it over the last six, seven years doing a lot more because we handed on the churches and yeah, back focused on the music. Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but how can we wrap up our conversation? What do you think has been the most fulfilling part of this whole journey in music and ministry? That's a very good question. And the, and the truth is, it's whatever God has you doing at the time. And, you know, I've found wherever I've responded to God, even though sometimes it's been very hard to transition into these things, every time I've responded and made that transition, it's been just filled with joy I think with myself, with the music, I've always had a heart to see people's lives changed. We meet so many hurting people, hurt in so many different ways. And just to, to write music that touches people's hearts and 
just helps them to have a recognition of God, but also helps them to be who God called them to be. Because God makes people amazing. He puts gifts within their lives, and yet they go through circumstances and things that the enemy tries to destroy who they are. Mm -hmm. And to actually be part of some little part of that restoration of who they are in God and for them to give their life to Jesus and to see them travel a journey where they receive some healing in their life and some encouragement has been one of the most fulfilling things for me personally. Now, I have to think, after three decades of serving in ministry, from time to time you meet people who say, oh, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord at one of your concerts or something. Yeah. That's just got to be the greatest feeling. It is, and, oh, it, and it always comes as a surprise. Yeah. You know, you, you always feel, over, again, overwhelmed by that. You think, wow. It's, mm. like, it's like something you don't expect or you yeah. – because you, you're so busy doing something else by then that when they go back to that, you go, oh, yeah, we did do that. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's been very exciting. Yeah, no, it was such an encouragement when people say that. And I always congratulate them because I say, well, you're still in there. So it's great. That's fantastic. David and Rosanna Palmer, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Thank you thank for you having us. Thanks for having us. Our guests today have been David and Rosanna Palmer, and you can look them up on Facebook. Rosanna can be found at Rosanna Palmer Musician, and David can be found at David W. Palmer Author, and he's the author of several books, and they have several CDs, a lot of music, that all can be found on their Facebook pages. You've been listening to Real Faith, and if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. 